Good morning, good morning, good morning. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for who you are. Holy Spirit, have your way. Do whatever you want to do. Say whatever you want to say. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I didn't know I was going to rhyme that many times. <laughs> Hi, everybody. You good? Amen. You are good. I am so honored to be here. I am Pastor Cece, and um, I'm excited about the word today. But before I get into the word, I want us to do our confession. But before we do our confession, and I didn't tell them that upstairs, but I will say it, and you guys can repeat it after me. Um, I want to encourage, it really ties in with, with the whole theme of family, but I want to encourage, again, those with teens, those who are in service, and those who are watching to sign up your teens today. And, and then, hold on a minute. And then I wanna make the announcement um, for our Create Camp. Our kids, our kids, our kids. Create Camp is a unique summer camp where kids learn to engage in different styles of worship such as music, games, art, and more. The dates are July 18th through the 21st and it's from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Ages of the kids entering into kindergarten through sixth grade. Uh, the cost is $80 for the first camper and then $70 for each additional sibling. And also scholarship funds are available upon request, all right? And all you need to do is visit nationallifechurch.com to register a child and invite your friends. And I just wanna encourage everybody with babies in those ages to sign up today, to sign up today. How many know our kids are most important? Amen? Amen. So, so please, parents, 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 let's, 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 let's sign them up. Let's sign them up. And, and again, just like the youth, young people, we need our youth in these atmospheres. Amen? I said we need our youth in these atmospheres. Amen? This is a blessing. So, Everybody, sign up, sign up, sign up your teens, sign up your kids today, today, all right? We're excited about what God is doing in our young people. Um, we got some, the newlyweds here today, the, the freshly married, Maria and Walton. Walter, Walter and Maria, let's give them a hand. They got married in Italy. And it was beautiful. I was like, okay, okay, y'all. It was beautiful. And I know you're going to have a beautiful life together. They're two incredible people. He's a mighty man of God. She's a mighty woman of God. And we're honored to have them a part of this family at Nashville Life. All right, everybody, let's say our confession because my time is ticking. Praise God. The word of God, word of God. is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it, and my life achieve it, in the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Pastor Alvin just finished a powerful series, and I honor our pastor in his absence, him and um, Jasmine are away, and I hope they're having good rest in Jesus' name. But Pastor Alvin just finished a powerful series on the Holy Spirit. And I was extremely blessed by it in a personal way, but it really got me to thinking about the family of God. 
I was reminded, and I, I got my tissue. I told Marion, Pastor Marion, I probably will be the weeping prophet today. Um, just in preparing this message, I just, I just kept weeping. It was just, it's such a beautiful, powerful word. Um, but I was reminded of how blessed I am to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. And especially this body of believers. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be true representatives of Jesus. It's a privilege to be a part of a spirit-filled family. One of the most important parts of the church is its family-like aspect. The title of my message today is A Spirit-Filled Family. Everybody say, A Spirit-Filled Family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the family series starts today, and um, I'm excited. You see, the church is the only organized entity that Jesus left on this earth to represent him. And the only strategy of sharing good news about how to get to heaven and how to experience heaven on earth. Any Christian who wants to be on the cutting edge of what God is doing, you must be connected to the body. You must be connected to a local body of believers, a New Testament church. Galatians 6 and 10 says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Every time we have the opportunity to do good, we should do it. The timing for doing good is always right. The opportunity is not optional. We are to treat it as strategically placed by God in our path. Our settings may continually change, but each one will bring a fresh opportunity of helping and serving. God calls believers to do good to everyone, believers and non-believers alike. The fruit of the Holy Spirit must be shared with both Christians and non-Christians, right? Some fields may be more difficult to work, but our purpose should be to sow goodness anyway. We should be willing to help others whenever we are able, but we should focus particularly on the needs of our Christian brothers and sisters. The Christian family extends far beyond the walls of a particular church or the limits of a particular denomination to include all true believers. When Paul told individual believers to do good, he spoke to their responsibility in the community as well as in the church. The church is not meant to become merely a social agency, but individual believers, each one of us, can work together in meeting social needs and giving time and resources as God calls and enables us. Sowing seeds of kindness to those in need expresses Christ's love and prepares hearts to receive the gospel. When we serve, we're preparing hearts to receive the gospel. When we share the good news of Jesus, we're preparing hearts to receive the gospel. 1 Timothy 3.15 says, But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. We are the foundation of truth. The Bible is written, should I say the Bible is in the written form of what God expects us to know and do. 
God chose Paul to carry out one phase of the plan. Through Paul, the inspired teaching was written down. As such, it was passed on to Timothy, then it was passed on to others, and later it was passed on to us. Turn to your neighbor and say, it was passed to you. Yeah, yeah, you got it, you got it. Times have changed, but the original authority remains. Because of the Bible, should I say, because the Bible is from God, it must be studied seriously, understood thoroughly, and applied faithfully. Paul intended this letter to teach believers how to conduct themselves. We would do well to read it carefully and obey it. Now, again, in opposition to the false teachers who were full of false beliefs, Paul aimed at truthful behavior within the church. Actions speak louder than words. Paul also knew that if he got the Ephesian Christians, the Christians behaving as God wanted them to live, the noise of the false teachers would be drowned out. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their lands. God always speaks to his children. He wants to accomplish everything he wants to accomplish through you. We are a part of a spirit-filled family. A spirit-filled church is never boring. I don't believe anyone was ever bored in the early church. You never knew what would happen. And you know, when I thought about growing up in church, I was like, man, church was like my favorite place to be. That's why when, I, when it comes to our kids and our teenagers, parents, I am not playing with you. The Holy Spirit is not playing with you. Because I, the memories of the church and, and being around the saints of God, the spirit-filled people made all the difference in my life. Made all the difference. I was able to stand up against peer pressure. I understood what truth was. I understood who I was in Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. So it was never boring. I mean, I was excited about it, and at the same time, I was terrified sometimes. And we'll talk about that, because how many know we need the fear of God to come back? Amen? We need the, the fear of God to make you live right. Hallelujah. There was such a powerful sense of God's presence. Some loved it. Others were terrified. We're going to look at Acts chapter 4 and 5, and we're going to see some of the characteristics of a spirit-filled family. Number one, a spirit-filled family is bold. Everybody's coming out of the closet, and the saints are going in. We have to come out. Amen. And be bold. Acts 4, 17, 22 says, But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in his name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you, should I listen to you? Or should I listen to God? You be the judge. Amen? To listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old, 
on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. This man was lame and, and he was healed, but he was lame over 40 years. So it was a miracle that nobody could dispute. Knowing that Peter and John was untrained, the council was amazed at what being with Jesus had done for them. You know what, spirit-filled people? We have to spend time with Jesus. We, we have to spend time with Jesus. It makes a difference. A changed life convinces people of Christ's power. One of our greatest testimonies is the difference others see in our lives and our attitudes since we've become a believer. We may sometimes be afraid to share our faith in Christ because people may feel uncomfortable or reject us. But Peter and John's zeal for the Lord was so strong that they could not keep quiet. They had to share the goodness of the Lord, the good news. If you feel that your courage is low, all you have to do is pray for boldness. Pray, Holy Spirit, give me boldness. Remember God's promise, Jesus promised to us, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. Peter and John are not put off by the threats made to them. Rather, they raise their voices together in prayer to God. Which brings me to my next point. A spirit-filled family is a praying family. A praying family. And I'm going to take this time to invite everybody to our prayer service on Saturday from 9 to 10. Amen. Everybody say Saturday from 9 to 10. Spirit-filled family, we need you to show up so we can accomplish what God wants us to, to accomplish together. Acts 4, 23 through 31. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God. You made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats. I love this prayer. Look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand and heal, to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Everybody say boldness. boldness. Notice their prayer. Their prayer was not, Lord, take this away, but give us the boldness to proclaim the gospel. Now, we can pray to God to take problems away, and he might do it. But how many know oftentimes he'll leave the problem, and he'll give you what you need to work that problem out? Amen? Amen. Boldness is not reckless impulsiveness. Boldness requires courage to press through your fears and do what you know is right. 
all right? A spirit-filled family is a unified family. Everybody say unity. unity. A mark of the, a spirit-filled community is unity. Acts 4, 32. Now the multitude of those who believe were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they all had, but they had all things in common. Now we're going to have differences in the body of Christ, right? It's inevitable. But spiritual unity is essential. We can agree to disagree and we don't have to be disagreeable, right? We can disagree and we can honor one another and actually different opinions work out for the better when we handle them right. Amen? The church is a fellowship fused by unity. Fused by unity. Because Jesus Christ is head over his church. Anything or anyone causing disunity in the church is not pleasing to God. Not pleasing to God. We can share convictions without being defensive. Got to ask you a question. Would you like God to sit in on all of your conversations? Guess what? He does. Unity demands a blessing. We got to do it together. We got to love one another. We got to cover each other. We got to watch our mouths. Because either you're, pro you're promoting light or you're promoting darkness. There is no in-between. A spirit-filled family is a powerful family. It has great power. Power to live right. Power to talk right. Power to love our neighbor. Power to love our enemies. Amen? Acts 4.33 says, And with great power the apostle gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. They had prayed, stretch out your hand, Lord, to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant. They, their prayer was answered with great power. Great power. The apostles continued to testify of the resurrection of the Lord. You, you know, it's time to open up your mouth and testify. You got to tell what God has done for you. Speaking of testimony, I had a wonderful call with, with, with Faith on yesterday, and um, the doctors told her that her, she, would, she wouldn't see in her left eye, and, and I, she called me, but I was busy. I, did, I saw the call, but then I went back and I looked at my text, and she said, Pastor, I can see. And I'm like, what? You can see? And she said, yes, the Lord has healed me. I woke up and I can see. Faith, where are you? Faith, are you here? Come on, church, let's give God praise in here today. So I told her to testify. She, got, she has an appointment with her doctor so she can go testify what God has done. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, amen? Revelations 12 and 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. The critical blow to Satan came when the lamb, Jesus Christ, shed his blood. Amen. Amen. Victory. Victory was won by sacrifice. 
And how many know, in order for us to keep the victory, we have to learn how to sacrifice our lives for the furthering of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we face the battle with Satan, we don't have to be afraid. And we don't even have to try to escape. We just have to be loyal in serving Christ and serving one another. Because it's through Christ alone that you have victory in every area of your life. God is so sovereign. He's not nervous of what's happening in the world. He's already worked it out. He's just waiting on us to get in line. Amen? So that he can show his power. The apostles prayed, Lord, look on their threats. Woo, I love that. And give us the boldness that we need to proclaim the gospel. The power of the church is found in response to both the Holy Spirit and to one another. We're trying to be deep in God, but yet we don't take out time to love one another. Nashville Life, I love you. I need you. We need one another. Hallelujah. The prayers of the saints are so precious. You're so, you're so blessed and highly favored. I think we forget who we are and whose we are. Hallelujah. We're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. It's time for us to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit instead of our own desires and preferences. A spirit-filled family is full of grace. Full of grace. Experience of God's grace should lead you, or should I say should lead us to a community of grace and graciousness. Grace empowers us. Grace is not an excuse to sin. But it empowers us to live right. It's the unmerited favor. Oh, God, I don't deserve the goodness of God. But, oh, I'm so grateful for his kindness. I'm so, so grateful to be a part of a spirit-filled family. Acts 4.33 said, And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Hallelujah. Anybody happy for grace this morning? Hallelujah. In summarizing the daily activities of the early church, Luke noted the believer's unselfishness. Surely the church's spiritual unity prompted this material generosity. No one was required to contribute to the needs of others. It was voluntary. Yet the believers willingly shared everything they had, not holding tightly to possessions. A spirit-filled family is a generous family. You're generous with your time. You're generous with your resources. Acts 4, 34 through 35 says, Now, no, it says, nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. And they distributed to each as anyone had need. That's amazing. None of these Christians felt that what they had was their own. So they were able to share and give eliminating poverty among them. They would not let a brother or sister suffer when they had plenty. That's a spirit-filled family. A spirit-filled family fears God. 
Now by stark contrast, the second half, or should I say the last part of my message, we will see the results of being filled with Satan. Peter uses very strong language in this passage of scripture to Ananias. Acts 5, 1 through 11. But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. And Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. We have to understand that when we don't do what God has called us to do, you're not lying to us. You're lying to the Holy Spirit. When you don't show up for what God has allowed you to do, the opportunities, the doors, you're not rejecting man. You're rejecting the Holy Spirit. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later. Now I don't know if that was service or not, but we need to stop complaining, right? Three hours later, when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, carrying her out and buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Now, some people read this and they think, oh, God is so harsh. I thought he was a loving God and a forgiving God. And with the emphasis on grace and mercy, sometimes it's easy to forget. We overlook the equally important truth that God is holy. God never changes. He hates sin just as much as he's ever hated sin. All right? There was no necessity for Ananias and Safari to give away their property or money. They were not criticized for lack of generosity. Rather, the evidence that Satan had filled their hearts is not, it's not only that they lied, but they conspired it together. to lie to the Holy Spirit. God gave Peter, this is the beauty of the spirit-filled family, God gave, gave Peter a word of knowledge, and the word of knowledge exposed their sin. So people understood that we need to have a healthy respect for God. We need to reverence him once again. We treat him with disrespect. And he is not to be treated with disrespect. Everything we have belongs to him. 
His kindness, his kindness and his mercy endures forever. But we cannot take his kindness for weakness. We can't take his mercy to think that he doesn't mind us doing our own thing. He hates sin. We need the fear of God. It's easy to be drawn to churches because of programs and good speakers or beautiful facilities. But people were attracted to the early church by the expressions of God's power, his work, generosity, sincerity, honesty, unity. The characters of the leaders have our standards slipped. God wants to add believers to his church every day, and he wants to add them through you. We are all part of the bride of Christ. Stop thinking that your part doesn't matter. God is knocking at the door of your heart. He's in need of your gift and your talent. He gave it to you for his purpose, not for yours. Since the church is a family, what kind of family ought we to be? We should be a happy family, a loving family. God designed his church to be healthy and happy. It's not a sad place. Psalms 122 says, I rejoice when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. We often call the church what? Our church home. Our church home is full of love and peace and unity. And you know what? It's amazing how some people want to stay away from church because they don't want to deal with people. Oh, this person got on my nerves and this person got... Well, well first of all, you shouldn't have nerves because you're supposed to be dead. If we're cr crucifying our flesh every day, we shouldn't be so offended. But also you have to understand that God uses people to refine you so that you can look more like him. If you at home and nobody getting on your nerves, you're not looking more like Jesus. God needs you. We need you. We love you. God has called us to build his kingdom on earth. And he's going to do it through the church, through the spirit-filled church. Raise your hand if you're a part of the spirit-filled church. Amen. Anybody excited about being a part of the spirit-filled church? A health, the health and happiness of the church depends on everyone. Everyone lifting their load. Lord, may we be a church known for its bold proclamation, effective prayers, unity, power, grace, generosity, and a holy reverence for the Father. Being a part of the family of God is a blessing. Y'all, it is a blessing. I am so honored to be a part of this body. I am so honored to be a part of Nashville Life. I am so honored to serve you. I am so honored. I mean, I mean think about it. I am just a, a, a girl from Detroit, Michigan. God saved me and he sanctified me when I was a kid. 
And my prayer has always been just to please him. Just to please him. And, and as I aimed on pleasing him, he gave me victory after victory after victory after victory. And, and just this month, for, for my family to be a priestly family, it's not because we don't have issues or that we're perfect, but it's the opposite. But we serve a God that will take whatever you have. He will anoint it and he will use it for his glory so that other families throughout the world will be blessed. God is calling you by name. You're part of his spirit-filled family. It's time to work. It's time to understand that it's a privilege to work and to be a part of what he's doing in the earth. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the church. Forgive us for any negative things we've ever said or thought. Father God, it was, by, it was purchased by the blood of Jesus. The blood reconciled us back to the Father. And you call us your sons and your daughters. Oh, God, we thank you. Have your way in our lives. We thank you, Lord. I thank you for these mighty men and women who are spirit-filled and who are called by your name. Encourage them to align with your way. Remind them that they have the authority, that same authority that raised Jesus from the grave to be victorious in every area of their lives and to be used by you to do the impossible. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the Spirit-filled church say amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God praise. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Give him praise. Recognize who he is. Come on, we belong to the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Now, while you're standing and those who are watching, I want to open up the door to this incredible Spirit-filled family. And the door is Jesus Christ. Allow him to come into your heart. He's knocking at the door of your heart and he wants you to be saved. And, and right now, all of my other spirit-filled family believers, I want you to begin to intercede for the lost. I want you to pray. I want you to pray because this is, this is an important part of every service, the most important part when people are coming into the family of God. So if you want to be a part of the spirit-filled family. And trust me, you do. Trust me, you do. All you have to do is pray this prayer of salvation and believe, and the Bible says you're saved. So I want to lead you through this prayer. Everybody repeat after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And on the third day, you raised him from the grave. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Forgive me and make me whole. Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I will be empowered to live a life pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put those hands together. Welcome to the family of God.
If you said yes to Jesus, we want to know. We're your family, and we want to be a part of encouraging you and helping you walk this walk. So all you need to do is text um, yes. If you said yes to Jesus, text belong to 77411. Text belong to 77411. We're going to ask all of our prayer warriors to get um, in, 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 in position. And if you have any prayer requests, we want to pray with you after service, after I dismiss, then um, you can come down and we want to pray with you. It's a privilege to pray with you. But again, please let us know if you said yes to Jesus, text it right now. Text belong to 77411. All right, let's dismiss. Father God, we thank you for your word. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent from one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a blessed Sunday. I love you.